We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, guys? In case you haven't heard, Blue Wire Studios just dropped their first original podcast, Golden Goals. The show gives you a 10-minute episode all about soccer legends and the moments that made them. Whether you're just learning about soccer for the first time or a diehard fan, this podcast is a great listen for everyone. The final two episodes are live right now, or binge the entire season and learn about your favorite soccer stars. Check out Blue Wire's Golden Goals. Available anywhere you listen to your podcasts. On today's episode of the Pride Podcast, we have the quarterbacks and we also have the special teams. Which punter is going to make the roster? And does David Blau have a chance to win the starting backup job for the Detroit Lions? Find out on episode 113 of the Pride Podcast. Welcome back to the Pride Podcast, episode 113 on the Blue Wire Network. Today's episode is going to be sponsored by Bet Online AG, and I am your host, Tyler. Joined by my two guys, as usual, Malcolm and Pierre. How are you guys doing on this nice Thursday evening? Woo! I am doing well, bro. How are you doing, Tyler? Doing well, man. Doing well. Are you still living the quarantine life? You haven't said nope. that in a minute. No. No, uh, no, but might get back to it. Might get back to it low key because you know the cases are starting to increase here. It's starting to get a little scary. Okay, okay. Um, well, I'm not here to talk about Corona. I'm here to talk about the Detroit Lions special teams and backup quarterback competition. So, if like I mentioned, we've done almost every we've done every position now. Uh, we've done the front seven. We've done everything. So if you guys are interested in that, go check those out. It's as simple as just looking at a title and saying, "Oh, front seven, click." If you want to hear about the corners? click there you go we talk listen to whatever you guys want now it's time to talk about 
to the special teams and backup QB. So I'm speaking to all my diehard Lions fans right now because I know my casuals are not listening right now. I know you guys are not listening. So my diehards, if you guys are listening right now, I love you guys. If you guys are listening to this episode, you guys are the man or the woman. I don't care what you guys are. but <laughs> You guys are, you know, you guys are the diehards. You guys are the ones that make this pod great. So let's get into my first question. So we've been doing a seven question for each of them. Besides for the last one, I only had six. For this one, I got seven. So I want to talk about the backup QB race, uh, Chase Daniels, who we signed this offseason, and obviously David Blau, who uh, stepped in last year once Stafford and Jeff Driscoll both went down and did an okay job as an undrafted free agent out of Purdue. Uh, we traded for him, for him uh, in the seventh round before the season started. So, you know, now it's a QB battle. I mean, some people think it is. Chase Daniel, David Blau as the backup QB. I'll start off with Malcolm on this one, you know. Do you think David Blau has any shot after the signing of Chase Daniel, you know? Or is David Blau a, a candidate to maybe be QB3 on the roster? Or maybe he's a candidate to not even make the team? And maybe a potential practice squad guy? What, what do you see the situation happening with the backup QB race after Matthew Stafford? Because that's obviously a clear question. He's the QB1. That would be interesting. If David Blau gave Chase Daniel run of his for his bunny for that number two spot, I don't think this is much of a competition. I saw the amount of money they paid Chase Daniel. They definitely wanted to upgrade that position, so that's why they brought him in. Yep. He's better. He's a better quarterback than David Blau. I mean, this is what it is. He has more. He has more experience. He's familiar. He has some familiarity with the offense. I think it's a done deal. I think is Chase Daniel going to be the the backup for this role unless you know David Blau has a major, you know, production increase and just is much better than he was last year. Yeah. But I, I just I, don't see I just don't see it. And the reason why because his arm strength. I, I just think that that's the most he could possibly do with the, the arm strength that he has. Yeah. Uh I mean it, it's interesting. I think after the the money it's not like it's a bunch of money, but the money they that they did shell out to uh Chase Daniel, I think the Lions are trying to eliminate from what happened last year. You know, they last year was a disaster that back of QB row. Awful. It was it was literally a game of musical chairs. Of that's mm-hmm. you know the reference that we've used and I've heard other people refer to. It was musical chairs. You know we had a new QB like every other week competing. You know it, it was bad, man. Like in OTAs, it was Connor Cook. He didn't make it to training camp. Training camp ended up being uh, Tom Savage and David Fails. David Fails gets cut. They bring in Luis Perez. Then they bring in Josh Johnson. Like, it was bad, man. I, th- I believe the cycle of quarterbacks we had, I believe we had a total of eight quarterbacks from May till week one. It was it was something like that, including, Staff- including Stafford, obviously, which that was a safe job. You know, no one was fighting for that. But um I believe it was like eight or nine guys like that just co- came in and com- competed, and it was a disaster. You know, guys getting hurt left and right. The production was just not there with you know David Fails. He sucked complete ass. <laughs> and, um, Tom Savage got hurt in week one in preseason, so then you know it just came into shambles. Like, what are we gonna do now? Then it, it came to a conclusion. We had to sign Josh Johnson, the journeyman, who was okay, and then Luis Perez and. Uh, not the XFL, was the AFL, or, or what the hell that we called? AAF. Yeah, we had to get some AAF quarterback. Like, it was a disaster. So I think the Lions, you know, early on in free agency, they're like, we're not doing this again. You know, they go out in the market, and they were like, screw it. You know, Chase Daniel only has, I believe, three wins in his resume, but, like, he has experience as a backup quarterback. Like, I don't, they don't care. You know, we're not having what happened last year, so... They shot all the money to Chase Daniel to be the backup quarterback, I think. 
with the experience that he has in the league. And, you know, I, I think that's actually kind of, you know, something good for Matt or not Matthew Stafford, David Blau, I should say, um, you know, and Matthew Stafford, honestly, you know, it sometimes takes the pressure off Matthew Stafford being that leader in the locker room somewhat like Stafford's going to be a leader regardless, but it takes off some pressure of Stafford maybe having to lead the way to help a backup quarterback as much as he did last year. You know, now right. we got a guy like Chase Daniel who is, as, you know, has as much experience as Matthew Stafford, maybe even more, honestly, I believe. And, you know, he now could come in and, you know, mentor David Blau more and, you know, focus more on David Blau to help him more. Where Matthew Stafford obviously is going to be the starting quarterback for this team and he needs to focus on the game plans week in and week out where <laughs> – David Blau is an experiment right now. He's a development project, right? So yeah. I, I, I think Chase Daniel is essentially almost another coach. And it, it, it's good. You know, it's something that the team needed. And Chase Daniel, I'm not going to come out in here and say he's reliable because, like I mentioned, he has three wins in his career. So I can't say I would be comfortable if, you know, Stafford dealt with another injury, you know, knock on wood, obviously. And we had to count on Chase Daniel or David Blau. Like, I still think it's a question mark, honestly. I think there was better guys out there, but I mean, when you're talking about backup QBs, how many backup QBs are there realistically in the league where you're comfortable if your starting quarterback goes down? There's not many, right? I mean, unless you're drafting a guy and, you know, in like the first or second round and then like that's your future piece. But, you know, you have a you have a quarterback like Matthew Stafford who's not at that age where you're drafting, you know, backup QBs to be, you know, his future replacement like a Patrick Mahomes or a Deshaun Watson and then you have like a bridge QB. Stafford is not that guy. So realistically, backup QBs, you know, are not a, a high player regardless. So I understand why the Lions went out and got Chase Daniels. I think it's a clear question that he is the backup quarterback with the money they gave him if something were to happen to Stafford. I think the bigger question is this camp is, is David Blau going to make the team? You know, is he QB3 where they hold on to him because they did trade a, a seventh round draft pick or they exchanged seventh round draft picks to get him? You know, are they willing to risk him going to waivers and potentially being picked up by another team or are they willing to make a roster spot for David Blau and maybe make him a weekly inactive? So I think that's a bigger question than honestly the backup QB. Yeah, uh, you said it, Tyler. Um, I believe they said when Daniel signed, he said he knew like 70% of the playbook, something like that. He probably knows more now because he's been in the like he's they've been studying and stuff. Um, and then David Blau, you said they traded for him. That th- I think they'll keep him. The reason why I say that is because I mean Stafford's injuries like we he's been healthy yes, but the past two years he's had back issues. You need insurance. So, like, if Stafford were to go down, God forbid nothing happens. But if he were to go down, you want Blau to be the backup, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, Chase Daniels' backup. So, yeah. I think they'll keep him on the roster. I could, like, also prop – well, not this year, actually. Never mind. If it was another year, I could see him bringing another QB and let them, like, let Blau and someone else battle. But this year, like, they're saying that they might trim the rosters from 90 to even, like, a lower number. So, yeah, that just sucks for those lower guys. Yeah, you know? it's a uh, it's gonna be interesting, definitely. Um, as far as David Blau, I think you know they they traded a a draft pick for him. I mean, they didn't trade they exchanged draft picks for him. So, I think there's some type of you know interest that they want to keep him around and develop him. Yeah. And, I mean, he showed flashes. I mean, I know he didn't win a game, but you know he showed flashes of being maybe a potential solid bridge QB or solid backup QB. You know, at the pro right. level, it's just you know now it comes with experience, and I think now signing a veteran I, th- I think it takes some pressure off david blau to you know to be that guy I-, I think now he knows he's not the backup qb and i think that's a good thing for his mentality as well so yeah. um i'm interested to see the jump he could take though i mean i like i said he- he's shown flashes so i'm i'm interested to see the i want to um 
add one more thing. Yeah. With Chase Daniel, though, like if Stafford were to go down, I trust him like with a game or two, but I wouldn't trust him for like eight, nine games. The Lions would also like to have like a strong running game. You want to have a strong running game when you have Chase Daniel in there. Like in general, you want a strong running game, but especially if you have a backup like Chase Daniel or David Blau, you want to have a strong running game and you want your defense to play well as well. So yeah, and that's usually the question for any backup QB. Right. Not even not even just Chase Daniel or David Blau. Yeah. You want to, if if your starting QB is not in there, you want a good running game and you want to rely more on that running game. But yeah, no, that that makes a lot of sense, and they obviously have invested a lot into those positions, like the running backs and the offensive line, yeah. like we've mentioned. So, yeah. <laughs> sports are coming back, and so are your chances to bet on your favorite teams and events. And there's no better place to start than our exclusive partners, Bet Online. Get in on the action this week's big UFC fight, or check out the odds on NASCAR, Formula One, and the Premier League. Can't wait for your favorite team to come back. Bet Online has future odds including win totals, division winners, and even league championships. Or check out our daily simulations of Madden and NBA 2K to watch and wager on. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE to receive your new welcome bonus. That's promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Uh, let's get into the second question here. This is about the punters now. This is going on to special teams. And, you know, now Sam Martin's out of the equation. He now goes to Denver. And the Lions have some unexperienced punters now. You know, they have Jack Fox, who was a guy that they carried around in the practice squad for a little bit. And then they went out and signed Aaron Sipas from uh, Auburn, undrafted guy. So, you know, th- this is an interesting question. I'll start off with Pierre on this one. I mean, who do you think has the edge right now, if there is any edge right now? I mean, I mean, who, who would you give it to? I just give it to Fox just because, like, they had him on the practice squad last year, so they did like him, obviously. He's also kicked in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Zip is a little different, the way he kicks and stuff. He's, like, a little different, right? Am yeah. I right? Yeah, um, he kicks a little late. Like, well, no. So I actually thought he was, too. So me and Malcolm were talking about this. You know, he is Australian. So I'm like, I asked Malcolm because I didn't watch too much of him, honestly, before. So I'm like, does he have, like, that Australian, like, rugby-style kick? Like, you know, we've seen as some college kickers have. Um, I The one that comes to my head was Blake O'Neill from Michigan. And obviously, you know, how Pierre knows how that ended. So <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I, I Malcolm said he doesn't have that, that no. kick style. Like, he doesn't kick like a rugby. You know, like I, a, yeah, I actually I didn't know too much about him, so I actually went back, kind of like watched a lot of his Auburn kicks and him as a rugby player. This was an athlete, mm-hmm. like he he's nice. I really like him. He reminds me of of an Australian Pat Mac- McAfee. Oh, okay. That's what he reminds me of of an Australian version of it. And I, I just like the the <laughs> fact that he's so athletic. And um yeah, his punts are nice nice as well. He doesn't have that weird like you think in rugby like those rugby ru- rugby side kicks. And he doesn't punt like that. He oh, punts okay. like an NFL punter. I like him. I like his chances a lot. I I'm giving the slightest to Fox, but I wouldn't be like surprised if Sip takes it. Or I could even see them maybe bringing like another guy. I don't know. Like it's gonna be hard to because like how we said with this pandemic going on and maybe like they're trimming rosters. It's, it's yeah. hard. Yeah. No. Definitely. I mean. I, I think I give the edge to Jack Fox as well, just because the experience of the organization. You know, right. he's been in the organization. But I mean, if Aaron Sipas has, you know, a good training camp and a good preseason, if there is one, I mean, I don't think Jack Fox is safe by any means. Like, I don't yeah, think he's absolutely he's a, not. No, 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 he's not a guaranteed punter by any means. But as far as an edge, if we're talking, what is it, July 18? 
July 16th, I'm sorry. I, I, I would give it to Jack Fox just because of experience in, with the organization and, and the NFL in general. But, mm-hmm. no, I wouldn't count on Aaron Sipos, you know, but he's never taken a punt in the NFL yet. So that's a kind of a wait-and-see mode. But, you know, like Malcolm alluded to, you know, he likes his kicks. I mean, like the way he, you know, he, he his style of punting. So it's going to be interesting to watch. You know, I don't think one of them is a lock or, you know, like years previous, you know, like Sam Martin was a lock every year. Like we always had a guy competing with him. Um, like the last couple of years was Ryan Santoso, the punter from Minnesota. Yeah. So uh, I think this is different this year. I think this is actually going to be a legit competition compared to other years. This is not, you know, uh, a one-sided affair where it's going to be, you know, this guy is the guy, you know, we don't have that right now. This is a competition. Yeah. So um, it's going to be, I think, 50-50, maybe 60-40 right now, just with Jack Fox, just because of experience right now. So it's just the slight edge right now. Yeah, it could go either way. Right. I forgot which beat writer it was, but one of them said the Lions were high on Jack Fox. So It was Dave um, Brickett during the season. Kept. Yeah, yeah. Okay. when they kept him around. the. I mean, obviously, I mean, Sam Martin was healthy last year, and they kept him around the practice squad. I mean, yeah. maybe they were preparing for something like this. You know, you kind of mentioned, um, I don't agree with your theory of what you were saying, the Graham Galaskow theory last episode or two episodes ago, but I think this one was this one actually could maybe be a, like a legit theory. Yeah, they want to see how Jack Fox could be. Obviously, he wasn't never on the 53-man roster, but they kept him around the practice squad, and you never usually need a extra punter on your practice squad. I mean, that's just usually silly, you know, unless you're expecting the guy is not going to be there next year and you're trying to get experience so or injuries I, or, yeah, injuries. or injuries yeah but like that's not usually a position where you keep an extra guy on you know usually that's, that's usually a guy you just pick up on the streets the next day if there's an injury happen yeah yeah i agree so um that's I, that's all i gotta say about it though i think jack fox got a little edge on it but it's gonna be a competition like i mentioned all right my third question for you guys is Braden crooms entering the equation out of cincinnati to be our new special teams coach uh, what should we expect out of him? I know we talked a little bit, me and Pierre, when we initially hired him back uh, back in January uh, with him and Corey Utherland. We made a whole emergency podcast on it, so we alluded to a little bit more on it. But let's allude a little more on it. Uh, I'll start off with Pierre. What could we expect of Brian Crooms uh, being a first-year special team coach coming out of Cincinnati who had actually a top special team unit for you know a lot of years? Yeah, I'm excited. Um, Cincinnati's special team was also disciplined, something Detroit really wasn't last year. Um, you could tell he's bringing in a lot of competition. They signed a lot of like special team studs and free agency. Tony McRae, uh, the linebacker from San Francisco. Elijah Lee. Name? Elijah Lee, thank you. They re-signed Miles Killebrew. They like they tendered uh, D-Virgin. Uh, they kept C.J. Moore. So there's like a lot of competition in that special teams uh, room. They also uh, kept Jalen Reeves. Maybe they didn't release him. Um, so there's a lot of competition. Even the punter, there's competition, kick return. So he's kind of like basically like starting from scratch, if you will, sort of. Obviously, Matt Crater is there and Dom Yulbach. Those guys are like, I think, that safe for now. And Texas. Yeah, I think those guys are <laughs> safe for now. But other than that, bro, like everyone's position, I think, is up for grab after those two guys on special teams. Like he's kind of like making it a wide open competition. You can see what they did in free agency. And I'm just excited about it. Uh, he's young. You can see he's young, the way he talks, the way he like motivates guys. I'm really excited about Coombs. And not to get, like, too excited about it, but, like, if you look at the trend, and I'm, I'm actually starting to fall for this trend a little bit more. Special team coaches are my new favorite trends of head coaches at the pro level. We said that, yeah. Because special team coaches know everybody on the roster. Right. As, from the quarterback to the long snapper. 
See, I like that, and I and it, it's working in the NFL. John Harbaugh is a special teams coach for Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joe Judge has got a job, special teams head coach or special teams coach from New England. Now got a head coaching job in in New York to be the Giants right. head coach. So. I'm starting to fall for this trend, honestly, a little bit. I'm liking special teams head coaches. I'm not going to go as far and saying Brady and Crimson is the future NFL head coach. I'm not going as far as that. But I'm just saying, if Detroit's impressive and the special teams is impressive, don't be shocked. I mean, Brady and Crimson is a young-minded head coach. So, I mean, he, if he has that resume, carries on to Detroit, showing he could do it in two teams. He wasn't the main special teams head coach. And he was the assistant, but... If that resume carries on in Detroit, and Detroit is considered a top five unit for like the next five years, look out for Brayden Crooms as a potential head coach candidate. That's a hot take right now. That's really bold. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm saying look out if, if Detroit special teams is special. If De- Detroit special teams is special for the next five years like Cincinnati was, look out for Brayden Crooms. Because you saw Cincinnati's special teams being so impressive the last couple of years. Net landed an assistant special or assistant special team head coach to now get a full time special team head coach yeah. for another team. So it just shows how impressive you know what Cincinnati's been doing the last couple of years. And I think Brady and Crooms had a big say in what they were doing over there. So I'm just saying, look out for Brady and Crooms. I mean that that, that could be a, a low key exciting hire. Like I mean I know it's special teams, so you, people don't blow their socks off special teams head coaches. I mean I'm just saying, look out for Brady and Crooms a little bit. Yeah, I'm with you. Even they said, I think it was Ian Rapport, he said he's like rising in the coaching ranks or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I mean, so this guy's a, we could have something, we could groom him. Who knows? Maybe we have a Sean McVay in us. <laughs> or like, you, you just never know, man. Like, cause that's, I'm not sitting, Malcolm's giving me like these big ass eyes right now. <laughs> yeah, no, I like that. Like, I think what I'm just saying, like, <laughs> they all start, they, they all start from some, they all start from somewhere, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. that's that's true. And, you know, I'm like I said, it has to be, you know, it has to be a good special teams. Like, it has to be a top five unit every single year. If that does happen, I could see it happening. I could see, like, if they fire Patricia and they want to, like, promote within. And, like, if our special teams is, like, like one of the top in the league, I could see them considering Coombs as a head coach. Yeah, I mean. I know he's young, but, like, with all the, like, the praises they had last year. Not last year, like when they hired him, you saw like a ton of praise. I didn't know nothing about the guy until like I read about it and like talked to some people and stuff. You could see like this guy is like legit, like around the NFL, people respect him. I think that would be too quick of a turnaround because if you're thinking of that, Patricia's gone probably next year if, if all things go wrong. Yeah, if, I'm saying like, right. coach. So yeah. that'd be a quick turnaround. So I don't see that happening. I think it would be in the within the next five years, or it'd have to be like in five years or so. No doubt. Yeah. But I'm excited, man. I'm excited to see what Brandon Crooms has to offer to the Detroit Lions. Malcolm, you got any input on that? You guys pretty much hit pretty much hit everything on that. Um, I'm excited for this special unit team. I think they're gonna be very disciplined, like Pierre was saying. I think it's gonna be a good year for them. Yeah. All right. Uh, my fourth question for you guys now, and Pierre kind of alluded to that when he he mentioned Coombs. Um, some new faces that were brought in, guys like Tony McRae, guys like Elijah Lee. Do you see these guys competing with the guys we have already? Guys like Jamal Agnew, D. Virgin, C.J. Moore, and etc. Yeah, uh, especially McCray. He came from, I believe, he came from Cincinnati, so Coombs yep. already knows him. So I could, if I had a guess right now, I'd say McCray is safe just because of the fam- familiarity. You know what I mean? If I had a guess right now, I'd say McCray is safe. But Lee, 
I think Lee's going to be with Jalen Reeves Maben. Who's the other like special teams linebackers they have? Well, oh, they shit. released they released one they of them the, already. Yeah, Steve Steve Longa. Longa. They, they did release Longa, yeah. So special teams linebacker. Um, as far as linebackers, I mean, we don't really have. I mean, Jason Kabinda, that's another guy that's special Jason teams. Jason Kabinda, yeah. Anthony Pittman to another yeah, guy that Anthony Pittman. Anthony Pittman, and then so. um, and I believe they got that one guy from New England last year, uh, Christian Sam. Yes, they still have him. Yeah, he's yeah. still he's still on the roster. Oh, right. Okay. As of right now. Yeah. So there's some competition, you know, and then also like, do you want to carry more DBs or more linebackers? Because they have a shitload of DBs that could play on special teams too. Mm-hmm. More Virgin. Uh, the safeties obviously could play. Tracy will. You don't want the you don't want Tracy on special teams though, just so he doesn't get hurt. But they have like they have a lot Killebrew. of flexibility. Killebrew. Oh yeah, Killebrew safety linebacker hybrid. A lot of competition. We'll see what they do. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I think it's going to be a lot of competing. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think guys like CJ Moore, guys like D. Virgin, I mean, they know what to expect. I mean, they're, yeah, I mean, th- those guys, even Jamal Agnew, I think they're, you know, they're yeah. all here to compete. So that's definitely going to be interesting. Jamal Agnew for a different reason, obviously, you know, not as far as like, um, and, you know, Jamal Agnew is more for like the punt and kick returning game. Right. So, um, but as far as, you know, new faces and competing, I mean, that's every year. I mean, special teams is never a lock job, usually. I mean, do you yeah. ever see a consistent special teams guy? Like, you, d- you just don't, you know? Rarely. It's always, like, it's, always, it's, it's always competition, regardless, every single yeah. year. You're bringing in new depth to compete with the guys you have already. But, you know, you, you're going to see some new faces here. And I, I think what you alluded to, Tony McRae, I think that's a good one. You know, coming from Cincinnati and him being a pretty solid special teams player in general. So... Uh, I think we're going to see some competition within that, you know, that group, obviously, like always. Yeah, right. It's going to be tough. It's going to be tough for um, D version to make the roster. But we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he, he had a he had a good year last year as that gunner he, type thing. He, he did. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, it's never a safe job for a guy like D version. If you're not a guy that's consistently on the field on defense or offense, it's never safe for you. If you're just a special teams guy, it's always competition regardless. So um, that's going to be interesting. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, my follow-up question to that now is: so we saw a guy like C.J. Moore come in last year and kind of broke out, took a guy that was here for a little bit, Chuck Washington's job as that gunner spot. Is there a guy, not a not a guy we signed, but a a free agent or not free agent, a, a draft pick or a undrafted, you know, free agent, maybe competes for a guy like C.J. Moore's spot? Do you see one of those guys on the roster? Maybe a guy like. Uh, Jalen Elliott from uh, Notre Dame or a guy like Jeremiah Dinson from Auburn. Do you see one of these guys maybe competing with CJ Moore and taking a spot potentially? I know we don't know too much about him, obviously, because, you know, they're undrafted free agents. But, you know, maybe is there a slight chance that they, they could take a guy like CJ Moore's spot? Um, uh, go ahead, Malcolm. I, I was going to say, I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't see it right now. And then the reason why is because, because everything that's going on right now, I don't think they're going to have a chance to really – you know, wow, the coaches to take, you know, his job like that. Yeah. So no. I, I, I don't see it. I agree. I think, you know, it's like we mentioned, man, it's going to be tough for these guys that have never got experience in NFL before. I think they're going to roll with guys that have had experience before, maybe not even with the team, but within the league, at least. If you haven't played in the league yet and you're undrafted free agent, I mean, it's almost like, I don't want to say borderline impossible because that's like, that's too broad, but it's tough, man. It's going to be really tough for these guys this year. You know, guys like Jalen Elliott, guys like uh, Jeremiah Dinson, guys like Bobby Price from Nor- Norfolk State. Like, 
I mean, it's going to be tough for these, you know, <laughs> like the, the reason that they signed these guys was betting on potential. I mean, we don't even know if they'll get opportunity to show their potential because of this and with uh, shorter rosters this year. So it's going to be tough, man. I don't know. I don't really see a scenario where one of these guys outplay CJ Moore or a guy like Z Virgin or the guys we just mentioned, like Tony McRae or Elijah Lee and et cetera. So it's going to be a uh, difficult. Yeah. I'll say this, um, CJ Moore obviously has the advantage because he was here. He knows the system. Yeah. Like he knows Patricia's culture, but I don't think necessarily he knows Coombs' system. Coombs might be a little different than the mm-hmm. Bono. Was it Bono? Yeah. Bono's the guy from there. Central Michigan. Yeah, they call him Bono. So, and then like, the only way I could see a real, like those guys make it if they come out and camp like day one and just constant consistently like just ball out, ball out. I mean, that was CJ Moore last year. Yeah. So then you could see that he he pushed out Chubb. Like if you yeah, were yeah. to tell me like this undrafted guy was gonna take out Chubb, I'd be like you're crazy because he was our best free uh our best uh, special teams guy, and yeah. he took him out. He beat him. Yeah. I mean yeah. Like I, I I guarantee if we did this episode last year on this exact date, and I said guys like C.J. Moore could they come in and compete with the guys like Chuck Washington, we'd probably all be saying no right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Only yeah. gave you one of these looks. <laughs> like what I just said about Brady Krubs. <laughs> <laughs> so i think it's the same situation this year as well but maybe just a little more limited obviously with the uh, uh, camps not being as big right. so we'll see and i got two more questions for you guys they're a nice simple easy question and i'll start off with question six should we be satisfied with the backup qb uh spot going into the 2020 season start off with malcolm uh. Uh, i'm gonna say i'm gonna say no man uh, i mean i'm sorry the reason why i'm saying no is because I don't I don't feel comfortable if Stafford missed multiple games, a lot of games, and Chase Daniel is your quarterback. I don't know how many games we'll win. Now, is he an upgrade over the guys we had last year? Yes. Can Daryl Bevel <laughs> do magic with Chase Daniels? Maybe. You, you never know. But I just I just don't know. I just don't feel confident, you know. I think there was a lot of better options, that backup quarterback that they could have did that could have probably made me feel a little bit more safe if all right, Stafford missed five games next year. That backup quarterback could come in for five games and win at least three. Yeah, I mean, I kind of mentioned it on the top of the episode. It's just like, it's tough, man. Like, you know, me and Pierre were alluding to it. Like, if you have a run game, it takes a lot of pressure off these guys, obviously. Mm-hmm. And that's what Daryl Bevel is implementing. You know, obviously, they went out and invested so many pieces on the offensive line, so many pieces in the run game. We mentioned that already in the last couple episodes. So I think I'd be more comfortable with the situation maybe this year with the veteran and our run game looking a little better than maybe years previous. But I can't say I'm totally satisfied with it because I don't think Chase Daniel is a winner. I mean, he, he like I mentioned, he has three wins on his resume. And he's been in the league for how long? So, <laughs> Ten years. Yeah. I mean, he's only started in a handful of games. And one of those ones were against the Detroit Lions. But, you know, I think he's a whatever quarterback. I think he's more of a teacher than a, a player, if that makes sense. I think he's more of a coach than a player, if that makes sense. But as far as Stafford, like, if he hypothetically had to be placed on IR, I think it, it, it'd be scary. It'd be really scary. So I, I can't be satisfied with either Blau or Chase Daniel, honestly, if that situation were to ever come. But the game or two, like Peter mentioned, you know, it, it's whatever. I think it's a bearable. I think we can maybe get past a game or two with it. But as far as 
you're talking three or plus games, it gets scary. But like I mentioned, I think it gets scary for any scenario. Like I don't think you're satisfied ever when you're back quarterbacks and playing more than three games a year, right? Right. I, I mean, unless you have a guy like Teddy Bridgewater. But, like, how often is that? Or you have a rookie quarterback you draft in the first or second round. Like I mentioned, you just didn't have the time or you weren't in the position to draft a quarterback like that right now in the Lions where you could draft a mm-hmm. quarterback in the first or second round. And then you're also not in a position to pay a backup quarterback $10 million plus. You know, you're just not in that market right now. You can't do it. So right. I think the Detroit situation, I think it is what it is, man. Like, you look at almost every other team and you're telling me, their quarterback has missed three plus games. I mean, it's scary. Unless you have a legit running game, it's scary. I mean, you take out Carson once out of the equation in Philly, I'm scared too if he's missing three plus games. So, I mean, I, I could I could go through a, a bunch of teams and I'm say I'm I wouldn't be satisfied. So I I can't put it on Detroit too much for not addressing it. I mean, they address it, but addressing it to be us satisfied if that makes sense. But it is what it is, man. You just hope Stafford doesn't get hurt, and it is what it is. Let me just ask a really cool question. If the Lions would have drafted Anthony Gordon late in no, the draft. No, I still wouldn't be satisfied. You wouldn't be satisfied? That was a good no, question. No. Would you no. be satisfied still? No. With okay. who? No, yeah. I was going to say, no, if, no. They, if they drafted a guy like someone in the first round, I'd be satisfied. <laughs> Other than that, no. Like, I, like if, they, if they gave me Drake Fromm, I'm not satisfied. If they gave me Jacob Eason, I'm probably not satisfied either. Anthony Gordon, yeah. I'm not satisfied. So, no. But, like, those guys, maybe for the future, you'd be satisfied. But right now, no. Like, you guys said Chase Dean, like the thing with Beth's offense is like a vertical passing offense and something that's not a strength of Chase Daniels is arm strength. So that's like the only thing I don't understand. But I also get they said he knew 70 percent of the playbook. And with this pandemic, instead of like teaching a lot, he knows most of the playbook. So I see why they went after him. But you guys know this was not like this. Probably this was my least favorite free agency signing. I'm being straight up. I didn't really like it. The money they gave him is whatever. But like. Go for someone with a strong arm, you know. Your, your scheme relies on a vertical passing game. Go with someone who has a strong arm. It is what it is, though. I'm not going to, like, kill Chase for it. The Lions signed no. him. I'm going to support him now. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. I mean, to yeah. be fair, there wasn't really much out there to with a strong arm. Like, you look at Case Keenum. What's his biggest weakness? His, his arm strength. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was out there? Marcus Mariota? He doesn't have arm strength either. So there wasn't really anyone out there to really fit that vertical scheme offense to – you know, bevels a like like likeness. So yeah, but mm-hmm. like you can make the case that like Mariota though could kind of be used like how he used Russell Wilson. Like I'm not saying he is Russell Wilson, but he's mobile. You know, like yeah, you could have just like yeah, I I, I get it. I get but it. But even even David even David Blount doesn't have a strong arm. So now we have two backups that they has weak like arms. The yeah, they, 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 <laughs> that they don't really really match the offense. Blau's yeah. arm isn't necessarily weak. It's like oh, okay, it's but like it's, it's okay. I don't think it it's floats. super. I think it's okay. And then you know, like his his passes look nice because if you throw a pass, it will get there. But when will it get there? It floats. Yeah, like, it he doesn't have. Up. He can't. He can't. He can't fit a pass through a window. I could tell. No, you not yeah. He's not Stafford. No way. And and I think you guys have to also factor in backup QBs wanting to come to Detroit. It's not a sexy job. Like Marcus Mario, why do you, why would you even want to come to Detroit? Right, he wants to like try to compete with Derek Carr. Yeah, he, he wants to go yeah. to Vegas. Yeah, well, not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just not a it's not a compelling job. Like you look at Detroit as a backup QB spot, you have you know you have no chance. Like as long as like if you want to sit and you know eat bubble gum for free and <laughs> get a uniform for free, then sure. But like I as mean, far as as far as a competitor and a guy that wants to compete who's young like Marcus Mariota, they're not going to stoop down and take a job in Detroit. But think about it. 
I mean, I think his chances of starting in Detroit might be better than starting in in, in, in Vegas because yeah, Stafford's, Stafford's coming off an injury. All he needs is just one hit, like a couple of hits, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, but Man. yeah, Stafford just coming off a back injury. So if Stafford gets hurt again, who's who's going to be your starter? Him. Right. Yeah, yeah, but Vegas is where a situation where we Well, yeah, I'll go to Vegas first. regardless. Yeah. <laughs> not even because the city. I'm just, <laughs> I'm, just saying, I'm just saying Gruden is like, you know, we've seen rumors already that he's not sold on car. You know, like we, we've seen that. We've never seen anything where Patricia yeah, said, I'm not sold on, on Stafford. Derek Carr is a way better quarterback than um, Marcus Mariota. Now, unless their scheme is different and Marcus Mariota fits the scheme, he's not, Marcus Mariota is not better than Derek Carr, talent-wise. No, we, we oh. know that. But I'm just saying, could we say who's more confident in the quarterback? Right now, the, the Raiders or the Lions? The well, I, I mean, I don't. this is tough. Stafford, after this year, was, does Stafford have one year left on his contract after this year? After 2020, when does his yeah. contract ends? 2021, at the end of 2021. End of 2021. He has two years year. left remaining. Yeah. He is coming off a back injury. If you're if you're a quarterback, why wouldn't you say, okay, he's coming off a back injury. He has two years left in his contract. He's gonna want big money. If he gets hurt and I and I'll perform him or even perform at a level close to him, I may have their job. I don't know. I, I mean, don't, it, you're I, looking at you're looking at a Dak Prescott, Detroit Dallas Cowboys situation. I just think Detroit's too satisfied with Stafford, and they have every right to be. Right, I'm with Tyler. I mean, I don't think it's an appe- I don't think it's an appealing job, honestly. I don't. I think there's more appealing jobs out there than the Detroit Lions. I think it's one of the least appealing jobs. You're telling me you want to compete with the top ten quarterback? I mean, I, I don't. Seven. <clears throat> top seven. Top seven. Top seven. I'd rather really go to Vegas. Top. I mean, you asked me. I really <laughs> okay. Vegas. All right. Let's go into the last question. <laughs> I would too, bro. I would too, Malcolm. Yeah, for real. They're like, you'll be a third string quarterback. Hey, Vegas? Okay. I've it is what it is. I've never been to Vegas, but I heard it's beautiful. I've never either, been there either, but like it's Vegas. I wanted you know, to go there uh, the draft this year. I know yeah, Malcolm had. I wanted, I wanted to go, man. So mad. But um, we had the draft plan party, but that actually fell through too. <laughs> it did fall through, unfortunately. It's all right. All right. My last question for you guys is now. I asked, are we satisfied with the Q- backup QB spot? Should we be satisfied with the special teams? Uh, yeah. I mean, the punters though, like. The punters, neither of one has really kicked in, like, an actual NFL game. Um, that's the only concern. But, like, bro, there's competition everywhere. I'm not really worried about the special teams, to be honest. I think it's probably one of the strengths of this team, maybe, just because of all the studs we named. C.J. Moore, D-Virgin, uh, Jalen Reeves-Maven, Tony McRae, Mike Ford. I mean, Miles Killebrew, Matt Prater, Don Yulba. I can go on and on. They got some – they're a good special teams unit. You sold on me when you said Don Mulbach. <laughs> you said death. death and taxes <laughs> three guaranteed things in life <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i think it is what it is i mean i'm never gonna go out here and say i'm not satisfied with the special teams before a season so sure i'm satisfied i like Brandon grooms i i trust what he's doing so uh, i'm satisfied um yeah i'm the same way i'm satisfied with it but I do have a question though. Um, Matt Prater, how many years does he have left on his contract? One. One. Uno. Why? Do you think like why don't they do like the same situation do with Matt Prater and get like a kicker? Same with Sam Martin. Sam Martin, yeah, yeah, Sam Martin. Why don't you do the same thing? Get a kicker and maybe group him just in case contract things doesn't work out for Matt Prater. They kind of oh. did it last year. I mean, it was the kicker slash punter Santoso. Oh <laughs> hell no. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying, like they like experimented it for the last two years. And what happens if we somehow lost Prater? 
what where, where would we go um kickers are hard man kickers are like the, the college oh. i think suck and oh. then, i hate yeah. kickers. <laughs> we um after jason hansen i'm not sure if you guys were watching but jason hansen yeah, you were okay. Acres and then after that it was an utter disaster. I mean, we, Acres was okay, okay, but then Acres Freeze, was okay. Alex oh, oh god, Freeze, bro. oh my god, oh, Alex god. And then they're like, you know what? Let's bring in Prater because Prater got released after he got suspended yeah. or some shit. Who was the kicker that that missed that that kick in the Texas that Texas game? Was it Alex Henry or Nate Freeze? I think was it, was, was it the game? I mean, the Bills game? Was it was it the Texan game when it was a like game where game. Missed four. it was Alex Henry missed four field goals? Versus the Bills and Jim Jim Schwartz got carried off the field as defensive coordinator. We're supposed to win that game too, and if we won that game, we would win our division. Yeah. We missed four field goals that game. The luck of a Lions fan, I swear. The luck of a Lions fan. That was our only home loss that year. We were seven and one at home that year, twenty fourth. And then we picked up Prater week five versus the Vikings, and it was there. And then that's all she wrote. That's all she wrote, man. That's what's up. I just got the job but done. But if, if we lose him, what happens to our kicking game? This is not good. I think they'll extend him. They they have no choice unless he has an awful year. Bro, kickers are. I think they're gonna do it probably like the, like maybe like this summer, like with Galladay Decker. I could see a Prater extension coming because like I mean, bro, just look at the Bears. Yeah. <laughs> kicker, look at the Vikings, bro. Even look at the Vikings, like the Browns before. <laughs> Like kickers are hard to find, they man. They are you hard to find, man. Keep that. Even if he's good, he's Cowboys, Cowboys. <laughs> because when they lose their confidence, bro, it is a wrap. It's a wrap, exactly, bro. That kid, that kid that Bucks drafted in the second round, he was a dog in college. He uh, came to the NFL, lost his confidence. R- Roberto yeah. Aguero. Yeah, that, that guy was yeah. a dog in college, man. He Florida came in. He came yeah. The, yeah, Florida State. Yeah, yeah it's just the pressure, I guess, bro. I, 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 remember, I remember watching that guy in Hard Knocks. <laughs> They're like, all poor for him. He just can't miss it every single <laughs> 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 That's so messed up, man. Why you got me laughing at this kid, man? <laughs> I remember, like, at Hard Knocks, they like, they like, it was like a week through the preseason. like, bro, we can't even see this guy. They're like, bring him to the office. <laughs> <laughs> They were so pissed. Like we invested a second round pick into this guy. <laughs> oh man, that's tough, man. A second round pick too. Kickers are rare, man. Yeah, kickers like it's kind of like a quarterback. Once you have your kicker and quarterback and your left tackle, you keep those positions. Those positions are hard to replace. You that's, just that's, keep them until they decline. That's like when we had Jason Hansen. You know he's on the on the Lions squad since 1992. Yeah, like Muma. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the squad since 1992. Then he retired. What, what year was that? 2012? 13? Uh, 13. 13. 13. Wow. Yeah. Oh, might have been 12, and I think Akers had 13, and then Akers but left. I think I think it was 12. I think was he retired. Yeah, 13. I think I think 13. It was Akers, and then 14 was when we brought Nate Freeze from Boston College, and then we had Alex Henry, and then it got Prater. Yeah. For when you have a kicker, you gotta you gotta keep him. You gotta handcuff him that that long. Right, <laughs> because if not, I mean, man. They, they they last usually too, so like the forty, uh, early forties. Yeah, yeah, the good ones at least. Prater, I think, is like thirty four, right? He so, still has a few years left. Sign Prater at all costs, no matter what it is. Yeah, I mean, Prater's as consistent as it gets. You know, he he hits the deep ones. I mean, he's consistent, man. That's what. What's the kick? What's what's the kicker's market, man? Uh, if you want to look at his market, you probably got to compare it to Justin Tucker's contract, maybe, right? What does Kachucker get? Like how many a year? Four or five? Something like no that. Idea. I have no idea. You gotta look yeah. at the top kicker's salary. He's probably be like one of the top three or four because he's a top five kicker in my opinion. Yeah. Raider is thirty five, so he's still like he still has a few good years left. Uh, let's look at kicker's salaries. 
Tucker makes he got a four-year, twenty million dollar contract. So he makes, so I guess. So he makes three point five on a base salary a year. Five five million on the cap. Five okay. That's that's not bad. And he's extended till twenty four. That's not that's, bad. That's um, Jay Tuck though. They might as well just uh handcuff Prater till he's forty. So let's look at average. I mean that's what that's like what teams did like uh Gustowski, the Patriots and Yeah. The top five well Harrison Butker's making four four mil and then at number four is four point three Crosby and like let's go number two is Robbie Gold four seven five and number one is Tucker. So I could see um I could see Prater saying he wants Robbie Gold money four point seven five. Okay. You know? Yeah, I mean, I mean that's a lot for a kicker, but dude, he's clutch. You, you got to pay him. Would you be okay if they uh, they handcuffed him till he was forty? So that'll be like what five years? I wouldn't care to be honest. You wouldn't care? He's a dog. He, he's a beast. He's clutch. Like we haven't really seen Tuck. I mean, Prater choke. Like maybe once in a while he'll miss field goal like every other. Yeah, you might you might miss a field goal. But he doesn't choke. Like in a clutch moments, he makes it. Yeah. He's never choked in a a big game. Like when we needed him to like tie it or you know or for a win, I mean, he's never missed that. Like he'll miss sometimes like in the first quarter or second quarter. Yeah. After like losing bad or the winning good. Well, <laughs> he actually did Loki kind of miss one, but it got called back to penalty. It was the Atlanta one, remember? No, oh yeah, game. I remember that yeah. game. But 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 it worked out. Yeah, it it worked out. Out. I was like, Peter doesn't miss. Like I'm not even nervous. I was like, shit, he missed. Oh flag. Was it was it a flag or did they call timeout? Was it, was it a delay flag? game? Delay game. Delay game. <laughs> yeah, he, he kicked that further and he made it. I was like, all right, bet you're like you're gonna yeah. make this. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I want, I want I want I want to be mad. Yeah. All so. right, guys. That is a wrap to episode 113 of the Pride Podcast. Hope you guys enjoyed our special team slash backup QB discussion. Um, interesting battles to watch for this camp, like always, especially with the special teams. You know, you always see that. And then the backup QB spot should be interesting. And I'm interested to see how David Blah will do in year two. So stay tuned for all of that. And I hope you guys enjoyed all these recaps. Like I mentioned, it's as simple as just click on whatever one you're interested in as, as looking at the title. So whatever one you're interested in, click on that and listen to it. If you guys have listened to all of them, I love you guys and appreciate it. And we got some, you know, fire content coming up soon. So hope you guys all enjoyed and I'm out. Peace. All right, guys, uh, before I let you go, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcast. We appreciate all the support, and I am out. Peace. All right, y'all. It's your boy, Malcolm. Peace. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies 
Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.